Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Oh, welcome to today's program. And uh, I'm just feeling the effects of giving up coffee. So I'm going to do my very best. I have a cup of matcha tea here. It is just not a cup of coffee. I don't care what anybody says about matcha or Tulsi or any of these other teas. But I'm going to do this. So I just keep, uh, I keep telling myself that, you know, I, I, every time I have a desire for a cup of coffee, I'm just going to pray. I think there'll be like a tremendous amount of praying going on these <laughs> the next couple of weeks. But that's okay. Can't pray too much, that's for sure. I had one of those nights last night, and I'm curious, you know, if you have nights like this, not curious enough to open the phones, but curious enough to plant the suggestion that you think about it. I had one of those nights where there was something troubling me, whatever it might be. Everybody has something. Some people are worried about family members. Some people are worried about finances. Some people are worried about politics. And some people worry about everything. I don't. I'm not a worrier. I I believe that faith and fear can't live in the same heart. So I have a tendency not to worry. But last night, I lay down and I have this little sign by my bed that says, give it to God and go to sleep. And I usually can do that, but I could not do it last night. And it's very frustrating because when you're married and you're sleeping next to somebody else, your disturbance disturbs them. Unless, of course, you're married to Billy. Billy don't move. Billy don't seem aware of the fact that I'm up and down and up and down. It doesn't doesn't seem to affect his sleeping at all. He sleeps like one who is unconscious, which is a blessing, right? I wish I I had that gift, but I don't. Um, A bunch of things happen. I also, I had to go to get some blood work this morning and you know, the, the, my GP had ordered some blood work. It's a yearly physical. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, there's a lot wrong with me, but only a psychiatrist might be able to help me. But um, he just wanted me to get some blood work so that when I come back for the follow-up visit, he would be able to tell me, oh, your cholesterol is perfect, your blood pressure is great, and all that. So you don't have any, you know, any signs of uh, anything in your body. Congratulations. That's generally what happens to me. Thank you, Lord. Um, but I went, and for the first time ever, the the lab corp that I went to was actually located inside of a Walgreens drugstore. And you go in, and there's a section that I guess is devoted to this. It's like a little mini uh, laboratory place. And uh, first you have to like uh, punch in all this information on an iPad. This is like the, does anybody else wonder how we got here? Like I went to the uh, dentist the other day, and I had to, you know, put everything in on an iPad. 
It's like you don't even uh, paper anymore until they want you to sign that you're going to pay the bill, and then there's always paper. But I, um, I filled out the little iPad thing, and the lovely, lovely technician, there were two technicians, two uh, phlebotomists, I guess, and the, one of them called me in, and uh, and she was just lovely. I, I've had the most lovely experiences in physicians' offices, dental, just amazing. Like if I'd have known years ago how there are actually still practices that really care about customer care, I, I definitely um, probably would have done some things very differently. And I was just, I was very grateful. And uh, she took the blood. I did not even feel it. And that's, it's not that I'm a wimp, but I don't like having blood drawn, especially when they got to change the little containers and kind of jerking the needle around in your vein. But this young lady was like the best phlebotomist I've ever seen. So I was actually in not a bad mood when I came on the air today, with the exception of I really, 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 I don't know if it's I need it or I want a cup of coffee, but whatever it is, that's the only thing that soured my mood. Because let me get back to the fact that I couldn't fall asleep very easily last night and then I kept waking up and it didn't bother my husband. Um, I woke up this morning early, like it, I didn't expect to because the first time I actually got to fall asleep, even though it was only for like 40 minutes, was at 12.45. And I have to understand, I get up at 5.15 every morning. So when I see 12.45 and I'm just first getting to sleep, I get a little uh, nervous because I'm thinking, oh, this is not enough sleep for any human being, even me. Um, and then I woke up uh, in 45 minutes and I woke up periodically during the night. I, I didn't get up and get out of bed, but I woke up. And... This morning at 5.15 when my alarm went off, I just like leaped out of bed. Like it was, everything was okay. The world was beautiful and uh, all the things that had been on my mind the night before had just disappeared. Well, I shouldn't say that. I prayed them away. You gotta do that. I mean, I can't talk to all of you. I know there's people in the audience who have absolutely um, no faith or there are people in the audience who put their faith on hold uh, you know, when they're not in any kind of crisis. <laughs> and then I know there are some people who uh, pray sort of ritually and not necessarily um, frequently. And so, but I have to tell you, it's amazing how I was able to lull myself to sleep by doing that. And then, here's the best part, the part you've all been waiting for. Well, it's the part I've been waiting to share. I had such a dream, and it preceded my viewing the videotape of Donald Trump in Palestine, Ohio. So the dream was not triggered by the videotape that I saw today. The dream uh, pre-existed or preempted the videotape I saw today. I had a dream that I was in like some kind of old-fashioned uh, news reporter getup, like, you know, with the... Uh, I don't know, like think think in the old West when they had the 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 uh, funny little what are they called those visors and the you know the 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 identification hanging around my neck and a pen and a pad like no iPad I had a pen and a pad of paper and I'm standing in an airport 
and I'm waiting for a plane to land. And I'm talking to, I don't know who the person was, but it was someone who I was familiar with, might have been another reporter, because obviously I was a reporter. And I'm talking to the person, and the two of us are sharing how, um, how different it is covering President Biden from what it was like covering President Trump. And then I said to the person, I looked over, I said, but that's okay, because today we are covering President Trump. And that's how I said it, President Trump. And the, the airplane lands, it's the Trump airplane, which I've seen once, you know, his new plane. And it lands, and the door opens, and you see like this elegant, graceful Melania Trump walking down the stairs, by the way, not falling down the stairs like a member of Joe Biden's staff, a female member did the other day, but walking elegantly in you know seven foot heels, uh, uh, seven foot, seven inch heels, I could see the shoes. I mean, she's walking down and then behind her comes Donald Trump. And the, all of a sudden there's a whole crowd and prior to this, I'm just like standing in the airport in the runway, really, with this one other person. And now all of a sudden there are throngs of people and they're all chanting, USA, 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 45, you know, all this stuff. And in the dream, I'm super excited. Like, I don't know whether it was a campaign dream. Uh, I don't know if he was in East Palestine and Palestine in my dream. Why do we have to say Palestine? That is the incorrect pronunciation, but apparently that's how they want it said. I don't know where I was and I don't know what was happening, but I do know this. I woke up in such a good mood. I am going to be in such a good mood when I get to rub everybody's face who dared to tell me that I was misguided. And, you know, I was listening to some pollster today from the Democrats talking about everybody loves Biden. They can't wait for him to run again. We know that's a lie. They just lie. And then I'm listening to uh, Chris Sununu on the on the Brian Kilmeade show, and he's like, oh, and Vice President Mike Pence, well, that was for that time, and we need new leadership and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, how out of touch are politicians and people who think they're so politically sophisticated that they don't understand that it's happening again? It is literally happening again. The stars are all lining up and there is one man and one man only who can inspire enough confidence in the American people to hold on a little longer because we're going to have to hold on a little longer. You know, I sat in a seminar last night and, you know, we don't know where the economy is going, but it's not going, uh, you know, in any direction that we can feel confident in. We don't know what Russia is going to do. Vladimir Putin is getting all uh, threatening and, and meeting up with uh, Chairman Xi. We don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you this. We know that Joe Biden can't handle any of it. We know that uh, Mike Pence can't handle any of it. We know that Kamala Harris can't handle any of this. As a matter of fact, in recent history, we can only think of one guy who can handle this, and it's not Ron DeSantis. And it's not because Ron DeSantis is not a great governor. He's a, probably the best governor ever, right? And maybe one day, probably one day, he'll make a great president. 
But who wants to step into this, uh, this mess that we have in this country right now? You have to be the man of steel. Really, you have to literally have a rhinoceros hide for skin because you're going to have to do some very unpopular things to pull us out of this. You're going to have to uh, wave your fist and threaten world leaders to get us out of the position we're in with these global threats. You're going to have to unleash the American economy as only a businessman can do. And you're going to have to do it fast and with people throwing darts and arrows at you. But I'm telling you, you're watching all the things line up. You know, everybody's watching this psychotic jury four woman in Atlanta who decides to go on a, a, a TV, a media tour. You know, you're not supposed to say what's going on in the grand jury. And this little TikTok creature is twitching and, and, and saying all this stuff, uh, giving away information. And it was just so bizarre. We all know it was so bizarre. But as I'm thinking about this, so... Is this how Donald Trump escapes even the slightest injury? Because this isn't, you know, they have to throw this out. <laughs> this jury four woman, this, this psycho, literally just destroyed the prosecution's case. I don't care what the grand jury has seen up until now. But then again, this is a grand jury comprised of people who elected that psychopath the jury four woman, maybe she was not as high or something when when they elected her, but certainly she didn't look too uh, clean and sober on any of these TV interviews that I got to see. The opposite, she looked uh, she looked like a a, a, a meth head, <laughs> you know, on a on a rampage. But hey. The more of that stuff the people in America see, the more I'm convinced they're going to say, we need to go back to 2016. We got to give it one more try. So I'm, I'm, I guess that's why I woke up in a good mood because in my dream I saw him coming down that staircase and it wasn't Air Force One, it was the Trump plane, but it told me that the campaign is about to get started and even though I'm not that kind of a reporter, I think I'm going to make it my business to go to a lot more of these uh, events than I did in the last election. Now, in the first election, I went to a bunch of them. Then in the second election, I kind of held back. And I think the fact that we all kind of held back and we were so sure that he was going to be able to just demolish uh, Joe Biden, I think that what we didn't do was pump up the volume. And sometimes you got to pump up the volume. That's why he won. And that's why I believe he's going to win again. Just saying, you know, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to like it. But you got to admit, Joe Biden went to Poland and the Ukraine and basically garbled a speech and fell on the airplane yet again, coming down. Donald Trump went to East Palestine, handed out Trump order to the cheers of a crowd, many of whom were literally moved to tears. The forgotten Americans are coming back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. Trust me. You have no idea how this is going to go down. I, on the other hand, 
do. Anyway, don't forget to download our app, our 850 app. It's a, and Or you can go to the website, which is 850wftl.com. And that way you can participate in all of these really cool costumes. As a matter of fact, right now we have a contest where you could win a pair of tickets for a sunset tour at the Jupiter Lighthouse. You get to climb all the way to the top and look at the spectacular sunset views. Enter to win right now either at our app or at 850wftl.com. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So, of course, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg got his Buttigieg to Ohio this morning. Um, Oh, boy. You know, he thinks that that we've done everything that we were supposed to do in the order that we were supposed to do it, which is so amazing to me. You know, Mike uh, DeWine, the Republican governor, who, by the way, is one of my least favorite Republican governors in the country right now. He's a, well, uh, let's just leave it at that. He's one of my least favorite. Um, He was on one of the news shows and he said, I've not seen, um, you know, uh, anybody. I didn't get a call from the president. You know, the president said, I'll send you whatever you need. Okay. What does that mean? They need FEMA. They need relocation. You know, we think about this. Somebody said it last night on one of the various things I was listening to or watching. How do you think the people of East Palestine feel when they, um, when they watch illegal immigrants put up in like four-star hotels in major American cities? People who broke the law to get into the country are being put up in hotels are given free medical care. Their kids are taken right into the public school system. They get all kinds of assistance. And the people in East Palestine got $1,000 from the railroad company. <laughs> okay. That's so crazy to me. And, and look, this is not the worst thing that ever happened, but if you live in East Palestine and you're a lower class or middle class uh, voter, probably a Trump voter at that. I think 72% of the people in East Palestine voted for Donald Trump in the last election. And something like 68% in the election he won. Um, I actually think he won both of them, but that's a show for another day. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, the governor spoke about the involvement of the EPA. The EPA? The Environmental Protection Agency doesn't protect people straight up. It puts uh, regulations in place. It's too late for regulations. The water in the system, the community system, the village system, that water is safe. If you have an individual well, what we have said is we will come out. Ohio EPA will come out and test your well. So until your well is tested, if that's what your water source is, you shouldn't drink it. I would wait until I've got the all clear from an actual test that will be done if you have a well. 
you know, and I saw the the governor gulp down a glass of water, and that's all fine and dandy. You know, uh, I'm I'm sure that nobody's going to drop dead on the site if they drink a glass of water that comes out of, uh, you know, one of these wells in East Palestine, or even if it comes out of one of the, uh, you know, municipal sources of water. But would you drink it? You know, that's my question. Would you give it to your kids? Would you not feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, taking your shower, washing your child? Would you be kind of concerned if the water gets in their not eyes or their nose? I mean, we spent three years being told COVID is transferred in the nose, in the nose. Uh, rinse your nose. Everybody watch your nose. Don't let your nose show. Put the mask over your nose, your nose, your nose. So it's not just drinking the water. Is the water getting into people's, you know, noses and eyes when they bathe? Is the chemicals that burned in that controlled burn, is it in their lungs if 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 you found here's what i'm going to say the kind of um ethylene glycol monobutyl or ethylexyl acrylate and isobutylene which are the chemicals that were released into the atmosphere in east palestine if you get those on your arm you are going to get burns so for you know Secretary Buttigieg to not even go there to at least see what's going on until today tells you everything you're going to know. And for Joe Biden, I don't know. I don't know. I I heard that uh, poll saying, oh, yes, he's really great. And they all love him. Mm. I, I, I I don't see it. Of course, their bench is so so, so weak that they may be stuck with him because they certainly can't run his VP. So today the Pentagon issued a threat to China. Oh boy, you know, this is what we do. Strong words. We made a, 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 we released a a negative statement with great passion. Okay. Okay. So what? Does anybody really believe that China is sitting over there going like, oh my God, you know, the Biden White House, uh, they pledged consequences if, if we give Moscow uh, arms and ammunition. Uh, of course, they didn't say what they would do. But we know what vague threats come out of this administration. And we know that they think sanctions are sufficient to stop Vladimir Putin. I don't want to forecast any of those consequences. That's what the uh, Pentagon spokeswoman, Sabrina Singh, said. When did she become the Pentagon spokeswoman? I don't know. They just It's the, the revolving door at the Biden administration. U.S. intelligence suggests that at the time, China was alarmed by the brutality of Russian battlefield tactics, which human rights groups observe has only gotten worse in the months since. That sentiment among decision makers in Beijing, however, appears to have shifted, particularly as the threat of massive Russian losses appear more and more likely. Analysts believe China sees Russia as an irreplaceable economic and logistical partner, particularly if it too tries to execute a land grab 
on the future in the future on territory it considers its own. Uh, we're talking Taiwan. I mean, we don't have to talk around circles. We all know what we're talking about. Chinese officials have publicly condemned the U.S. warnings, pointing to the billions of dollars worth of arms and financial support that the Biden administration has poured into Ukraine to bolster its defenses. Pick a side. We did. China has signaled an even more vociferous defense through more subtle outlets. The English language Global Times newspaper, which is not a mouthpiece for the CCP, but is pretty much aligned with its views, had an op-ed yesterday and said that the U.S. assertion of potential arms shipment is baseless. And then said, "Eh, but China and Russia have these kind of talks all the time. Yeah, that's that's what concerns me. They they weren't really having them when Donald Trump was in the White House. Huh? Another reason to reevaluate what you're going to do. Let me ask you: Do you think Vladimir Putin or Chairman G is the least bit uh, fearful of a Ron DeSantis pregnant pregnancy presidency? Because I don't, I don't think that would scare them one iota. Okay. You know what doesn't scare Putin and Xi? Harvard-educated guys. Doesn't scare them. What does scare them is a bull in a china shop who says, you better stop it. We're going to cut off all things to you. We'll start manufacturing stuff here. We'll blow up your pipeline. That's what they get nervous about. They don't like all this subterfuge of who blew up the Nords pipeline. Believe me, if Donald Trump had blown it up, he would have told everybody he blew it up. <laughs> and that's what scares Xi. And that's what scares Putin. And when I say scares them, it doesn't scare them into threatening to nuke us. It scares them into shutting up and staying on their own side of the line. What the Chinese will not want to see right now is a total defeat of Russia. For them, it's not in their interest. It's, it's even destabilizing. Just think about how the fate of Germany after World War I literally uh, was the, the seed for World War II. And the ending of the Cold War and the fate of Russia led us to where we are today. So the consequences of China providing weapons to Russia, depending on what kinds of weapon systems they're choosing, well... If the war becomes one of Russia's self-defense, the Chinese will see its assistance as just and justified. And you keep sending arms and you keep sending money over there, and that's exactly what the perception's gonna be. Just saying, these are the most ignorant and and maybe even um, corrupt politicians we have right now leading this country, and they have a real serious problem when it comes to China and the Ukraine. And, you know, it's not just Hunter Biden. It's the whole kit and caboodle, the whole Democrat Party, the whole Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, Dianne Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi crew. They're all up to their eyeballs in crazy kinds of money that came out of deals in Ukraine, their family having deals, Heinz family, that's Kerry's family, all of them. They're, they're all dirty. And, and China and Russia know exactly how to compromise some kinds of politicians. Who's the one politician 
that China and Russia cannot compromise. Try as they have. Yeah. Just saying. You know, I'm just in a good mood. Anyway, let me take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I I was reading a crazy, crazy report. um, And and I, I have to laugh because... The, the politicians that are currently in Washington, and that's on both sides of the aisle, okay, because, uh, you know, the Republicans don't get a pass in the, the, the stupidity um, realm. But there's a, there's a super PAC in, I guess it's in New York, that would make the most sense, right? And they're spending a ton of money. They're going to spend $45 million dollars to take back just the seats they lost in New York. I, I just want you to stop for a moment, okay, and think about that number, $45 million to unseat people who were elected, and trust me, if they unseat George Santos, that's okay with me, but other people who were elected fair and square in a state that by and large, only the city, only New York City is crazy leftist liberals. Upstate New York's not like that. I mean, there are some bastions, so, you know, New Paltz, but, but a lot of New York is very conservative. And so they're gonna spend all this money and I'm sitting there thinking, wouldn't it be nice if you know, somebody, maybe, you know, the DCCC, whatever, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Fund or whatever, said, you know, we've decided spending $45 million trying to unseat a bunch of uh, Republican congressmen in New York. We're going to East Palestine and we're going to um, buy all those homes from the people whose homes are now worth nothing, but we're going to give them exactly what they were worth the day before the railroad left the tracks and give them a chance to start their lives anew somewhere nearby or wherever they want to go. You know, I was looking at people on the internet talking about where they're going. You know, these people who grew up in East Palestine, people whose whose grandparents, you know, bought homes there, parents lived there, they lived there, they're raising their kids, they're raising their grandkids there. You know, there's not many cities left in America where that goes on. I mean, think about your family. I can only, you know, point to my own family. You know, I was born in New York City, first generation New Yorkers. You know, my parents uh, were the first generation of New Yorkers and my mother, you know, she wasn't a first generation New Yorker. She was born in Puerto Rico, but she, you know, close enough, close enough. So, you know, we, the moment I could get out of New York, I did, you know, and, and go ask any 60 or 70 year old person living in New York now, if they're not ready to retire somewhere else, they don't retire to New York. They don't like, oh, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll buy an expensive apartment in the city which looks like a sewer again and stay here in my old age. I mean, the only people who stay there in their old age can't get out. You know, they're trapped. Got no where to go, got no money to go. But East Palestine is one of these small towns in America where people actually stay. You know, and they don't really care that they didn't get rich. 
you know, they're, they're middle-class workers. And trust me, they've been through some tough times in these Ohio cities. You know, they, they have literally had, uh, you know, their, their livelihoods shut down and they stayed anyway because that's their home. And it's that person. And we're looking at East Palestine right now because of the catastrophe. But there are cities like that all over, towns like that all over this country, all over. And when it comes to national elections, there are huge numbers that live in those places. You know, we get overwhelmed or mesmerized by the fact that there are so many people living on the coastal, uh, you know, part of the country, so many in uh, California, so many in New York, and, uh, and then we get all, uh, you know, crazy when we see the numbers of uh, Democrats in uh, Illinois or, or Michigan. But let me tell you, everywhere else in this country, it don't look like that. And they don't think like them. As a matter of fact, they look at the stuff that's going on today and they have to turn their TV sets off. See, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't sit around trying to make excuses for this administration or, you know, begrudge uh, anybody, their, their wealth, their fame. They, they don't do that. They turn the volume down and they go about with their lives. But they're watching. And then they need to hear a message. And I just don't know anyone who can deliver that message except Trump. You know, I, I just, I, I'm, help me out here, folks, but, you know, I, I, I know Ron DeSantis, you know, he's a, a Florida politician. I've been up close and personal with him many a time. I cannot picture him, you know, going into uh, podunk anywhere and reaching the people convincing the people that he could feel their pain and he was going to fix things, which is not to say I don't believe he can or he would. It's just to say he cannot deliver that message. I don't care how much coaching he has. I don't care how many, um, you know, pre-written stump speech he'll get. There's an authenticity and a sincerity about the billionaire, the millionaire, Donald Trump, when he goes into these crowds, you just you could see it again yesterday. I mean, I, I, I dreamt it, and then I saw it this morning in those videotapes of him standing there being his usual obnoxious self. It's not like he was like, oh, you know. But, but singling out a guy in the crowd who, uh, you know, is a moving company, and he brought all this water, pallets of water, to the people. And he had, uh, you know, he was pointing out people in the crowd who were helping one another. He bought everybody Mickey D's. Come on, man. Can you picture Ron doing that? No, you can't. And if you say you can, you're a liar. You can't picture Pence doing that. You can't picture uh, Tim Scott doing that. You can't picture... I don't know about Vivek Ramaswamy, but I don't think that's the route he's going to take. It's, he's another Ivy League guy. And I'm not putting down Ivy League guys. I have Ivy League kids. So, you know, unfortunately, I have to accept Ivy League. <laughs> but I'm telling you, 
there's a language that guys on construction sites speak. And it's the language of the people who live in East Palestine. It's the language of people who live in Kansas. It's the language of people who live in Iowa. It's the language of people who live in the more remote parts of even blue states. It's the language of the forgotten man. And that's the only hope that we have as a country. We cannot afford to gamble this away and say, oh, well, you know, uh, we want to bring Florida to the, to the nation or whatever. We want to turn the USA into Florida. Not now. We, we have to, like, save ourselves. You know, and, and my job is to stop you from continuing down these stupid paths of, oh, well, it can't be him, you know, it can't be Trump. No, no, Trump can never, Trump, Trump, Trump. And this is, I've heard this for so many years, it's really like stupid already that people still say it. You know, it makes me think they're not as smart as they think they are. Because I'm telling you, I see the future being laid out. And it's, it's his, it really is. And the more I hear the other uh, people who have jumped into, into the, oh, Nikki Haley, I forgot her, right? You know, why did I forget her? Because she's forgettable. And I, I had dinner with Nikki Haley. I know Nikki Haley's husband. I, I you know, I, I could, well, I can't call Nikki Haley on her cell phone. I don't have her cell phone. But I, I mean, you know, uh, Nikki Haley and I had a wonderful dinner together not that long ago. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, that my impression of her that night is going to still be my impression of her now. Nice lady. Good governor. T turned out to be a, a heck of an ambassador to the United Nations. Not presidential material. Not. You know. Uh, today, Sarah Palin came out and said to Ron DeSantis, don't go into this race. Do not jump into this race. Now, I'm sure she has a motive. Um, and I really don't care. Because... People need to start speaking out. You need to start speaking out. I got this depressed email from a person who's a big time Trump supporter like I am. And I had to like talk him off the ledge. Not that he wasn't going to be a Trump supporter, but that he was so disturbed and distressed and depressed. And I said, no, 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 no. The, the, the fight is going to be awesome. You see, I'm, I'm a brawler like Donald Trump. So, you know, bring it on. I don't care who the Democrats run. And to be perfectly frank, I don't care who challenges Donald Trump in the primary. In 2024, in November of 2024, there's going to be a uh, come to Jesus moment for all of you who have been trying to tell me that I'm crazy. You did that to me in 2016, and I turned out to be right. I know I'm going to be right again. So Get out there and start, start, you know, start denying the other people all the air in the room. You know, it's a great governor. Let him be a governor. Uh, don't forget Dan Bongino's coming up at one o'clock. At four o'clock, it's Ben Shapiro, and then tomorrow morning, B Jen and Bill and Stephen Diener, they'll be back right here on eight fifty with the morning show. 
And of course, I have another segment left in this show, so please stay right where you are. So we won't be talking with Derek today, but we will have him on tomorrow for those of you who really, really look forward to that segment. Uh, I must admit I do, but it's primarily because, you know, they never call their mother (laughs) unless they need something, Um, uh, whatever. So we'll... we'll, uh, We'll, we'll have a segment with uh, TMZ tomorrow. And I do want to talk to him about this Alex Murdaugh case. I, I really haven't paid attention to it very much, but uh, today I saw some really uh, just a, a little glimpse, or I wasn't even seeing it. I was reading online real time what was happening in the... Uh, in the courtroom, and, and they put the guy on the stand. The guy's accused of murdering his wife and his kid. You can't, you can't make that stuff up. You, you know, that's the most dangerous thing you could do. What kind of lawyer told him that was a good idea, right? Just, uh, just don't know. But we'll find out. Um, Derek will know that story. Plus, I want to ask him about, uh, I love Jennifer Hudson always have ever since uh, Dream Girls and even before that wasn't she on like uh, America and Idol or some one of those shows and um, apparently uh, she has a new boyfriend so I want to ask Derek about that but also apparently she put back a little bit of the weight so we'll see those that's Hollywood stuff what can I tell you um, the I don't know how many of you uh, saw this drama outside of an Orlando hospital where um, a journalist was one of three victims that got shot. Two people left critically wounded. A nine, I think a nine or a seven-year-old girl was killed and the reporter was killed. You know, it's a young kid, this Dylan Lyons. Um, and, and there they were at Orlando Regional Medical Center and he died covering the shooting. The shooting spree started Wednesday morning when Keith Melvin Moses murdered a woman with whom he was acquainted inside a vehicle and then fled. By the way, this guy's hair, this uh, Keith Melvin Moses's hairdo, I've never seen anything like that. Moses wasn't done. He slipped into a home nearby and shot a mother and her nine-year-old daughter The mother was critically injured. The daughter died. Police flooded the neighborhood, arrested him, carrying the apparent murder weapon near where the shootings occurred. He has been charged with murder. Additional charges were pending. I don't know where and when. He he actually returned to the scene of the crime. That's how the reporter got shot. And the photographer also got wounded. Um, You just can't can't wrap your mind around this level of violence that we're seeing everywhere. And uh, I just, I pray. I told you I was praying a lot, a lot, lot, lot last night, and it helped me to sleep better. So if you're having a lot of trouble, that's my only suggestion, is to spend as much time in prayer as you possibly can afford to, because otherwise, whew, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, the other story, of course, I didn't get to today was the Malcolm X story, but there's a reason for that. I'm putting together a very 
very in-depth study because, as I said to you, I have a personal connection to the Malcolm X story, not a personal personal, but through my father. And uh, just recently, the t two men who had, two of the three men who had been charged with his murder were exonerated. They spent like, I don't know, 30 years in prison, a long time, and they were exonerated. But uh, this week, it's the 58th anniversary of his assassination, by the way, but this week his family came out and said that they were going to sue the FBI, the CIA, law enforcement, and I can tell you this, that my father told me that next day, because he had been working um, when the shooting took place, and he said prior to the shooting, there was an extremely heavy police presence. Now, you could attribute that to the fact that uh, Malcolm X's house had been firebombed uh, you know, two weeks before that, so obviously... You know, there was some concerns about the safety of Malcolm X, even at that time. But my father said it was different. He said, you knew a lot of them were like um, FBI and CIA agents. They didn't look like just New York City's finest. And he said, and they were just waiting. And then, of course, the shooting took place. And he said it was almost like a, it looked to him like they had an orchestrated response. Now... How could they have known what was about to happen? Now, of course, I guess they, they uh, you know, they always have to look for the worst case scenario, but my father was concerned that there was law enforcement involvement in the killing of Malcolm X. You know, the Nation of Islam took the heat, and I'm not, I don't clear the Nation of Islam from anything, but it's, a, it's an interesting story. I've done a lot. I've done a deep dive into it, but I had a little more research that I needed to do and one more interview that I needed to have with somebody, and I should be ready tomorrow. I have also got to talk to uh, Todd Benzman about what's happening at the border because he spent more time there than anyone except Bill Malusian, and so I'm going to do that tomorrow as well, and Derek will be on as well. So it'll be a busy show tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. I'm going to see Charo tonight. There are definitely people in my audience who understand. Coochie, coochie. I'm going to see Charo live. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.